0: Spiritual Life Center.
1: What would I do today if I were brave? I mentioned earlier that I think those who are on this particular path of spiritual work actually are the brave ones. Because what this requires is that we always take a look at ourselves on a deep level, no matter what's going on on the outside, as opposed to blaming anything outside of us for our conditions, our reactions, our way of being in the world. So what would we do if we were brave? We'd probably show up at Spiritual Life Center. (laughs) Well, there's one brave woman who I came across a while back, and she was angry at a friend. She was angry at a friend because that friend had not followed through on a promise. You know, she had promised, uh, that friend I think had promised to help with a task in exchange for some work that she had done on his behalf but the person didn't show up on the day that it was supposed to be done and this made her extremely upset and she says she vividly fantasized beating him to a pulp and in her mind in her mind she enjoyed every single moment of it She said, I can feel myself doing it and relishing in it. But her fantasy began to fade, and after a while, she felt a little more calm. She felt a little bit more relaxed. She felt more in harmony with herself. And she said in that state, she had a revelation. She realized that she was angry because she feared that she did not have the ability to do the task by herself. So her anger wasn't really about him, it was really about her. It was something that she avoided because she didn't feel capable of doing it alone. And she realized that her friend's failure to follow through on his promise was really a blessing in disguise for her. For she now had the opportunity to learn to do something new and therefore add to her feeling of competence, add to her feeling of self-worth and worthiness. She said she learned that every time we let our negative emotions run their course, and eventually they will run their course, if we listen, we will find that there's a perfectly understandable belief. Don Miguel Ruiz calls it a story behind that feeling, a belief in a story that she otherwise, she said, might not have been aware of if she had not looked at herself closely. You know, when I first took A Course in Miracles, one of the statements that I remember very clearly, it said that we are never upset for the reasons that we think we are. She she thought she was upset at her friend because that friend did not keep his agreement with her. But as she looked deeper about the upset, Don Miguel would say it was a reaction to a story that she made up that she was not capable of doing a task. Of course, that's a story in and of itself. That's a lie, but as Don Miguel points out, our emotions are real. Every emotion that we feel is real, it is the truth. An emotion is trying to tell us something about ourselves. And as I ran across that, that particular part, of, I thought of you know uh, a scene in the movie, The Color Purple. I've seen that many years ago but sometimes they just pop up in my mind. I said, I seem to remember there was a song in there. God's trying to tell you something. You know, it was about the time that uh, one of the main characters had been uh, disowned by her father and she was doing a lot of riotous living and she was singing in juke joints and his father was a preacher and they had him you know, falling out and she, he disowned her and he was, she was doing her singing and all of that. And back in the background across the pond, there was a, a singing going on by the choir and there was a saying... God's trying to tell you something. And so she stopped and like Pied Piper led all the people from the joint over to the church to, to sing that song. So God's trying to tell us something. The emotions are trying to tell us something. In this context, the message is that the source of the upset is deeper than the surface. It's deeper than the explanation that we think it is. It's not outside of us. It's not other people. It's not an event. You know, oftentimes, you know, these things come back to a judgment about ourselves, about our own story that we've accepted, the voice of knowledge that we're learning about from Don Miguel Ruiz, that is not true. Someone said a while back that it's not what you don't know that hurts you. It's what you think you know that is not so. That causes all the trouble. What we think we know is really our story. Story Stories based upon the belief that we're operating from a sense of limitation. We're operating from a sense of feeling unworthy. Operating from a sense that I'm not good enough. Don't have enough. Never will have enough. Or I can't. I'm willing. I came from the wrong side of the tracks. That's where I was born. Or if they didn't have any tracks from where I came from. I came from a side that didn't have any tracks. We may say things like, you know, I'm too tall, too short, too large, too too bad, too skinny, too rich. Wait a minute, you can't be too rich. Let me stop that. That's not possible. Well, maybe. (laughs) That's a whole different conversation. But the idea is this. As it points out in this week's reading, that if we react with upset, it's because somebody has kicked us. And we know who that somebody is. It's the voice in our head. The main character of our own story and what we believe we are, that is not true. So the hate, the anger, the normal reactions are messages from our authentic selves and not who we are pretending to be. It doesn't have to do with how we're showing up and how we think we are. They are not from the story of the truth. So when stuff happens, and stuff will happen, And, you know, we have that person that comes into our life that gets on our last nerve, leading to our upset. It's telling us we think what we really think about ourselves. God or spirit, our integrity, as Don Miguel calls it. Like I said, this kind of confused me. He said, our integrity, our integrity. He's really talking about our spirit. It's trying to tell us. It's sending us a message and we put our faith in a false story, and therefore there's reaction that is telling us, hey, take a look at this. But when we don't, we project our upset on other people. We project it on our own screen of life. In other words, our unresolved issues, our worries, our doubts, Our fears, our unforgivenesses of ourselves, the false stories and the lies about ourselves are projected on those other people or even upon situations or those events. But those situations and those people being the good people that they are, they're just shining the message right back to us to let us know what we may need to take a look at. They're saying, oh, here's what you've forgotten about yourself. Here's what you believe about yourself. Here's what you hide about yourself. Here's what you're lying about yourself. So those emotions, as they say, are true, they're legitimate, but they help us identify the falsehoods that we have believed about ourselves and how they clash with our integrity, as Don Miguel calls it, or our spiritual self. But the good news is this. We can change those beliefs. We can transform them into love. You know, one of the definitions of this term, love, of, you know, that New Thought talks about, is that the idea it's a force, it's an energy that binds everything together. Yet another definition I've liked of late it was that you know, whenever we support our own or another's spiritual growth. Don Miguel says that if we're not happy, there's something out of sync spiritually within us. And there's something in our story that is suppressing that happiness. But we can change the story. And we can begin to move from a victim to a victor to a vessel of the spirit of the living God. We can create it. Everything that we see has come out of a story, a belief, our imagination. You know, the art that we saw earlier or the art that we may make in our life really has come out of our own imagination and story. The music that we hear, the music that's composed comes from the story that we have within our minds. The games we play and we make up, they all come out of our own stories. So if we're not happy, we can create a new story by putting our faith in stories that are truth about us, the truth about us. This, of course, requires that we unlearn. We unlearn those untruths. We unlearn those false stories that we have accepted as being true in our life. You know, I often have mentioned that uh, we can call this place Spiritual Life Center. It could be another name. It's really the Institute of Higher Unlearning. Really, we're trying to unlearn. Unlearn the stories of limitation. Unlearn the stories of fear, doubt, and worry that we've accepted as being truth. Unlearn the stories that of not being good enough or not being worthy enough. Unlearn, learning those stories of all the ways we are moving through life in some way, shape, or form, trying to protect the little self, the, <clears throat> the small self. That is not the truth of who we are. Instead, we write new stories of stepping free, liberating ourselves so that this power, that this presence, that this love that we call God, that I like to call the force, can be expressed through each and every one of us. So as we lead the work this week, it's really about redirecting our faith energy. As we know, we have all the faith that we are ever, ever going to have. Don Miguel calls it, you know, intent, another word that we can use it as faith. And as that reading notes, as we we express that intent with the words that we speak. Words are magic. The words are also known as the logos, which means that they're creative. I went to a workshop many years ago, and you know the facilitator was saying something to the effect that if we have unwavering intent and focused faith and action behind that, we can speak our words, and we can say the word chair, and a chair will come spewing out of our mouth because that's how powerful the words can be in our life. He was exaggerating a bit, I think. Uh, But the point was the power of our words. They have creative power. It says in Matthew, the 12th chapter, in the 36th verse, but I say unto you that every idle word that you shall speak shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Now, judgment is not some far off place some time in the future. Judgment is right here and now because our words do not return void. They complete the task for which they have been sent. You know, the wisdom writers in the Proverbs say it this way, that life and death is found in the power of the tongue. It may be a very small instrument of the body, but it yields great power. Now, of course, we have the right to say anything we want. We don't want to infringe upon anybody's rights. We can create whatever story that we want. We have the right to do that. We have the choice to do that. And our story will ultimately allow us to grow, develop, and unfold, become the greatest yet to be if we make that choice. So, you know, we have the right to call somebody up on the phone or call everybody up on the phone. I guess nowadays folks are using Zoom or Google, whatever. I don't remember. I can't even keep up with all the stuff that's going on. And we can tell them our story all the problems that we have if we want to do that. But the moment that we do, the moment that they agree with that story, oh, they multiply the power of that story. It becomes more intense. It becomes more magnified. And they will believe the story, and we will believe the story. You know, as it says, we're two or more gathered together, there I am in the midst of you. We're really saying that the energy of the universe is there when there's an agreement in something. It magnifies that. And it begins to drain us of our life energy when it's not a truth story. Often people drain their life energy by engaging sometimes what we call meaningless conversations and stories. I was mentioning earlier, I've had some friends that I still hang out with from way back. I may not have seen them in years. They had a conversation going on, you know, years ago. I come back. They're having the same conversation. They're just continuing on the same conversation. Sometimes they just have energy leaks. We want to prevent those energy leaks. Often people allow the divine energy of spirit to be drained from them by being involved in those kind of meaningless conversations and stories, and often through the course of the day, you know, we'll find those conversations and stories that have no meaning because we know how it's going to end even before they start. Nothing more than opinions being spouted out, going back and forth, no dialogue, everyone seeking to stay the same and change the other person. Nothing else happening but opinions and false stories. Yet people engaging them anyway. You know, it's just not aware. That's okay. That's another thing. We just need to become more aware. Engaging those meaningless conversations and stories. And they wonder maybe at the end of the day why they end up laying up in bed and they fall out just tired energy sapped because they have allowed the leakage of the cosmic energy to be dispersed through the meaningless, false, and disempowering stories. Our words have power. They're creative. They impact us. However, we know the truth. Once we've convinced ourselves of the truth, and the true stories about ourselves, God's truth, not, not the opinion, the eternal truth, not that was changeable, then we realize the only individuals we ever have to convince is ourselves. We never have to convince anyone else about the sacredness of life the sacredness of truth, the sacredness of a vision, the sacredness of intention, sacredness of being aligned with the spirit of living God. Because once someone has clicked into who and what they are, beyond opinion, beyond perception, beyond false story, beyond a historical point of view, then the entire universe bends and shapes itself around that core belief, around that truth. And so you and I can walk through the world and, When we are in alignment with that, oh, the Red Seas part. Oh, the, the Jericho walls come tumbling down by the vibration that we are hanging out in because we are creating the living word of truth, the living word of the force in our life. So we don't waste our time on the meaningless. Instead, we infuse our conversations with the power and the presence and the love of this force, this presence, this divine energy. Understand, we want to be enthused by the power of our words. Our words create our worlds. They create our worlds. Thus, we want to use our word power by engaging in the attention and our imagination and taking and talking about great possibilities for life. We don't censor it. We don't qualify it. We don't doubt it because when we touch that truth, we're amplifying an important principle, two or more gathered together, oh, that energy is there. So we say to ourselves, empowering, creative things like, wouldn't it be wonderful to have a world that works for everyone? Wouldn't it be wonderful to have a political system that's not about us versus them, but helps us become the best that we can be collectively? Or we have a collective agreement that, yeah, maybe the planet is worth saving, I think that'd be a good story. We no longer see and experience, say, violence and counterviolence in our communities and our world. We see businesses as there to enjoy and to be of service to other individuals and to bring abundance across the planet. We begin to use the word like that. Now, we may notice places within us that will say, how in the world is that going to happen? But that's not our job. Our job is simply to begin by hurling the word of truth into the arena of life and watch it work. And then we're lifted into the what. And somehow the how shows up. It takes care of itself. Of course, the what is God. That's the truth. The what is love. That's the truth. The what is peace. That is the truth. The what is God's intention for all of us. That is the truth. That is the story that we can choose. Now, Don Miguel reminds us that once again that we have to be impeccable with our words. He's, you know, this is in his other book, too, but he mentions it again. And part of being impeccable with our words is not using our words against ourselves. One of the greatest ways to use the power of the word for ourselves is to express words of gratitude. Gratitude is an energy. We begin by making a list of things that we're grateful for in our life, and that becomes our story. There's there's something that becomes our language. It becomes our way of being. You know, there's something something known as the science of cognition. It's a big word. It just simply means that when language matches our nervous system, it ends up creating our point of view. It creates our story that we start living from. And when our language and our story has the vibration of gratitude and appreciation and thanksgiving, we attract more things to be grateful for. There's power in this creative word because it becomes our consciousness. And consciousness is causal. It's the whole ball of game. Jesus simply said, it is done unto you as you believe. You know, many people, no one here complain. They complain and have a false story about what isn't. And what happens, they get more of what is not. That's not the kind of story we want. We have the ability to create a new story, the story that's about the truth. And oftentimes it's not how much what we do, it's about the energy. It's not about doing, it's about the story we're coming from, the energetic we're coming from. There was a person. That was a relationship, and they just saw their partner through a particular complaint. That's all they saw the complaint, the complaint, what was wrong and bad and not up to speed. And they had tunnel vision. Gratitude was dissolved. And they began to experience that complaint over and over again because that was that person's story. We have a choice. We have a choice today to direct our faith energy either to complaint or gratitude, understanding that gratitude not only causes us to vibrate with this good, which is the true story, it also brings out the good within people that we interact with as well. There's something about when deep, full, feels deep, it understands it. When we acknowledge it, it attracts those experiences. Since what's foremost in our awareness, in our consciousness, is the true story that has become part of our experience. Well, you know, he talks about the impeccable with our word as part of our uh, creative energy, the creative power and not using our word against us. So there's one helpful tip, tip that I think we can employ as a practical thing. What we want to do is connect and listen to that spiritual presence and talk to ourselves, talk to that spiritual presence. Because all of our experience is a result of our own self-contemplation. Most people, I don't know most people, but many people, they recycle opinions and stories of the world, and they come from all kinds of directions. You know, they come from news and other people. And so, when they run into a problem or experience, the first thing they want to do is talk to the world. Ooh, that's a dangerous thing to do. We want to have a private tryst with spirit, and then talk to ourselves. We don't talk to the world out there. Those who do want to share their own false stories. And if they find another sleepwalker, oh, the sleepwalker will quickly be hypnotized. And they will say, you know, I was thinking the same identical thing. No, they were not. They were not thinking at all. They weren't thinking that at all. They were just, I should say, agreeing because they didn't want to be left out of the story. They may say, hey, it sounds good. sounds pretty good to me. You know, I think I can go along with that. I'm down with that. But as Don Miguel points out in that book, the blind can't lead the blind. We want to talk to ourselves. We don't want to talk to the world out there. We want to connect with spirit, talk to ourselves, and to be reminded of this ultimate reality that spawned you, that spawned me, that spawned this world, this dimension of wholeness that is our very life. So we begin to talk to ourselves. You don't have to say it out loud because if you walk down the street, do that, they may be a little bit, you know, look a little crazy. But we talk to ourselves, not to the world until it clicks. And the voice, the real inner voice, begins to speak, or we begin to hear that real inner voice and it leads us, it guides us, it directs us into the path of right and truthful seeing. Anyway, as I, let me close out, because I say in the old school, bring it on home, James. Bring it on home. How we use our faith energy dictates our stories. Stories create our life experience. And our mission possible, should we choose to accept it, is to redirect our faith energy away from the false notions of life, the falsehoods, the stories that are not who we are, or expressions of this presence we call God. Rather, we want to speak words of truth because as writers and producers and actors and directors, we're directors of our own stories. And we can at any time rewrite our stories. No one else can do it for us. Just like we cannot change anyone else's story, the only story we have dominion and control over is our own. And when we write and speak and put faith in the story that reflects the truth about us, oh, the self-inflicted nonsense, which I call sin, self-inflicted nonsense, begins to end. Judgment of others and ourselves begin to diminish. We no longer try to prove we're good enough. We know we're born good enough. And that is how we use our faith. That is how we use the power of our words as a positive force of creation. Peace, blessings to you.
0: We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. You can find out more about our community on our website at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual Life Center